0: You're listening to the TV Sports Radio Show. back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the TV sports radio show. I am your host Stephen Hayes along with my man's 100 grand partner in crime Keenan Atchison. Keenan, how you doing today my man?
1: Man, I'm feeling good today. How about yourself
0: today, man? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great, man. I cannot complain, man. It's a lot. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to you and to Dylan Holt for holding it down last week. One man never stops this show, it never stops this train. We constantly move, we constantly grew. I appreciate y'all. Y'all did a great job, man. Appreciate it. Thank,
1: thank you, man. It was a joy to have uh Dylan on. Dylan was uh outstanding, and uh hopefully we hear from him again real soon.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We will definitely hear from them real soon, man. I I I I I'm excited, you know what I mean. It's a lot of you know touch into a lot of show to get into, a lot of stuff to get covered. Uh I wanna kick this thing off first off by let's just acknowledging how wrong we all completely were about Gonzaga winning it all uh completely shot my bracket but nevertheless um my black my bracket was shot from the beginning but I thought I still had some hope with uh Gonzaga being able to you know win the ch- uh, national championship but they wasn't in the cards for all, man it, it was it was a, a tough loss for them And especially in the fast in the fashion that they lost, how did you see that game playing out?
1: Uh, not the way it ended up. That's that's for certain. That was um that was a a a beat down if I ever seen one. I knew something was up though from uh when Baylor jumped out. I think at the beginning of the game, jumped out on them like nine nothing. I was like, oh no, this is this is bad. They're gonna have to um really dig deep. Gonzaga would try to chip away here and there. They would go on little spurts. Um, I think the lowest they got the uh, got down to I think was like they cut the deficit I think to like nine points at one point in time, mm-hmm. and then Baylor just just went on a on a nasty little run for uh, scoring about seven or eight points in a row, and that was that was pretty much it after that. I, Gonzaga had a little bit of momentum going into the second half and they kept it going. And then Baylor just, Baylor, Baylor was just outstanding. And I should have seen it coming because Gonzaga kind of shot, they load a little bit with the UCLA game. They were probably spent after that game right there. So, you know, looking back hindsight is 2020. I probably should have went with Baylor after seeing what, um, Gonzaga went through the game before and
0: Baylor played great. Um, there, there's nothing that, you know, you can say about them. Uh, they shot a uh, team 44, might as well say 45% from the field, 43% from three, uh, 88% from the free throw line. Mm. Not many, only, only one person hit free throws, but, uh, still, uh, they played, lights out now the crazy part is
1: oh i got something crazy too about that game go ahead from the field the team
0: for gonzaga the team shot 51 percent uh three point though they shot 29 percent and then uh getting to the free throw line they only you know they shot 70 71 percent (sighs) but i was in shock i was it was it was a a eye-opener which what's the crazy thing
1: you got uh, the crazy thing for me was Baylor was able to do all that, and their two uh, main bigs were in foul trouble. Yep. That's, that's, <laughs> I, and, and you know, going into the game, it was like, well, hey, who's going to slow down Timmy and Crisper? Okay. They were able to slow them down just enough, but despite foul trouble, and uh, one of them did foul out. Can't think of who uh-huh. that was. Thamba, that I believe
0: it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep. He filed out. And then I think the other uh the other guys had like three or four files. You know, they were on the edge a little bit. But um, yep. but to be able to do that, they and they they bullied them the whole time. That was they played a lot of bully ball. They did, and they were able to do it. They were able to um, you know, the sets they were designing, they were getting wide open three three-point looks. And they were just nailing them. Uh, Davion Mitchell and, and Jared Butler were outstanding, and so was T. It was just a, a great all-around effort by the Baylor Bears. And um, hats off to them. They well deserve national championship. So, so yeah, first
0: of all, yes, hats off to them. Um, definitely deserves it. So, Jalen Suggs he had 22 points. Um, the next person, the next two people after that scored 12. Timmy and Kispert, yeah. Timmy and Kispert. So, 12 and 12 from Timmy and Kispert, 22 from Jalen Suggs. After that, it was absolutely nothing.
1: Nothing. And it felt like during the game, Suggs was kind of like he was he was pushing, you know what I'm saying, as far as kind of like, uh, you know, trying to put everything on his back.
0: Now, I I can give you that, but do you feel like, because of the emotional adrenaline field roller coaster that they went through, through in the UCLA game, do you feel like it was a hangover from that? Yes. Not uh, trying, to, trying to make any excuses for him or anything, but do you feel like it was just a bit of a hangover, or do you feel like it was just
1: truly that tough to go undefeated? I think it's a bit of everything. I think that played okay. a part. I think, you know, the stress and, you know, the expectations of going undefeated is a lot. And then Baylor just exploited them. They were the more athletic team. Uh, They kind of like laid a blueprint out almost for how to beat Gonzaga. Well, I mean, obviously they did because they were able to win, um, which is just bully ball, athleticism, um, and hitting open shots were the main ingredients on top of, you know, Gonzaga being spent, like I said, from – exasperated from that, that matchup against UCLA. And, you know, the pressure that comes with going undefeated, uh, straight through, I mean, it's been 45 years since a team last went through the, the NCAA undefeated. Can you say that again? How long has it been? 45 years, uh, 1976 since Bobby, Bobby Knight's Hoosiers team with, Quin Buckner yeah. and Scott may and uh Benson and you know all those guys that's that's how long it's been since the team is gone undefeated. you know think about it as great as anthony davis uh Kentucky Wildcat team was, they didn't go through undefeated, you know it's a lot of great teams that that did have losses on their resume and um yeah. I mean, but but hats off to Gonzaga. That was a great season. Yeah, great season, um, and I expect them to be back. I do. Oh yeah, they will. Even though they are they losing a lot. But I think now, um, Gonzaga now being able now that they were able to get like a highly touted, high highly recruited five star and Jalen Suggs, they're, they might start getting those type of players now. I think so. I agree. Yeah. So I think that bodes well for their future. But yeah, I, I really wanted Mark Few to to get it. Um, however, credit to, um, coach drew, he did bring Baylor back from the dead. If you remember before he got hired, Baylor was embroiled. Um, one of the players murdered another basketball player and, and whatnot. And, you know, it was a lot, they were, things were looking bad. That was a, a, a bad program at the time. Um, but he resurrected and the, the comeback has come full circle now. So, Hey, Amazing job by uh, Coach Drew down there at Baylor. Amazing job by Coach Drew. Shout out Coach Drew, and I also want to shout out on the women's side
0: the championship game between Arizona and Stanford, which was a great game. Uh, Stanford ended up taking the national championship with a, a score of fifty-four to fifty-three. But I want to shout out Stanford, especially for finishing the season thirty-one and two. That's all. Awesome. That is a that. Finishing the season thirty one and two, man. That that's that's amazing. And, that, and my uh my grandfather, um, I know you never met him, Keenum, but you know I know you knew much about him. He used to call all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to always tell me, you know, if you're gonna lose, baby, you got to lose in the, in the beginning. Can't lose when it count. You got to lose in the beginning when it don't count. And I and I feel like when I was watching Gonzaga, um, that just kept coming in my mind like you should have lost not not saying just purposely lose but right like you know it would have benefited you better if you had got the losses out early during the season and then ranking and not so much in college as it is in nba ranking doesn't matter no so if you if you if you drop you know what i mean to to the number three or number four whatever you can still win the national championship absolutely
1: Um, it's Absolutely. hard
0: for a seventh seed in the NBA or eighth seed in the NBA to go on and win the chi- the, the
1: NBA championship. Yeah, because they're going but, up against home court advantage. It's right.
0: Much they're going different. up
1: against home court advantage.
0: But but NCAA is different. You know? so I just want to uh shout out Stanford, man. Like <clears throat> excuse me. Like I said, they played a remarkable season. They did. They played a remarkable season. Um they they shot the lights out too. Um yeah. they had a good they had a good season, so um, shout out to them. Shout out to Arizona on a good season. Um like I said, with Arizona and Arizona
1: coaches. came out of nowhere too.
0: Arizona came out of nowhere cuz they were 21 and 6 on the season, but to push Stanford to the brink to only make it a 1 point win, no nah, man, shout out to them, man. Seriously, shout out to them. Shout out to the coaches. I think it was a great team effort by Stanford. Um I definitely feel like you know, it, this with all that's going on both mm-hmm. the women's and the men's side for them to make it where i know there was some issues with the uh the weight room and stuff that was just you know unexcusable situations going on on that but it was a very entertaining ncaa uh tournament it was a very entertaining march madness for both sides um i hate Paige. buckets got put out earlier uh, no, I mean, she made. I, I thought you know they would make it to the championship, but I hate she got put out. But shout out to Paige Buckets, man. She I was,
1: is a beast. I, I was I was wrong on the on the women's side too because I thought we was gonna get Paige Buckets in uh, uh South Carolina again in the rematch. So I was I was looking forward to that. Looking forward to Gino and, and Dawn Staley going head up against each other, um, coaching wise. So hey, thanks it, uh, it, Stanford like, and Arizona. You ruined that for me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and um,
0: for Arizona, like I said, they played great. Stanford was just too much. Um, where Arizona had two, uh, with McDonald and uh, Pellington scoring 15 and 22 respectively, McDonald 22, Pellington 15, Stanford had more all-around scoring. Uh-huh. Brink, Jones, Hall, uh, uh, they had more all-around scoring. They had more people to pour in, uh, chip in to help score, and then on the on the shooting side of things, uh, Arizona only shot twenty eight percent from the field as mm. a team, and shot twenty seven percent from the field. I mean, from three. Whereas Stanford shot twenty eight percent from three, but they shot forty two percent from the field as a team.
1: I mean, they was getting buckets. Um, they was getting bu- buckets probably down there in the paint, and a hundred percent from the free throw line. Um, only
0: uh three players went but still it's 100 it's from the free throw line that that was huge and then where Stanford I mean where Arizona did go to the free throw line they shot 72 percent from the line so um I think it was definitely a a great game like I said I I, I personally enjoy both men's and women's tournament I thought it was very good especially what what we're dealing with and having to do things a little different this time around, but I, I definitely thought it was good. So I wanted to kick the show off with that, man. I wanted to sh- shout out Stanford, uh, shout out Baylor, uh, both two deserving champions um, for the, both the men's and the women's division. So I think it was definitely good for them. Absolutely. Now, leaving it there with the NCAA, I want to turn your attention, Keenan, to the NFL. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to also talk about the trade that was made. Yes. Sam Darnold. Yeah. Being traded to the Carolina Panthers. Keenan, what were those picks that the Carolina Panthers got? Because it's a re I want you to call those picks off, and then I'm gonna tell you why I wanted to, wanted everybody to know what those picks were, just in case
1: they didn't know. <laughs> For Sam Darnold, I think if I'm – memory serves me correct. Mm-hmm. It's a third-rounder this year. hmm And I believe it's a third and fifth next year or second and fifth next year. It might be third and fifth next year. I have to so, look that I'm back I'm going to tell up.
0: you exactly what happened there. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened. So, Sam Darnold gets traded, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, uh, it was kind. Of, it was a surprise, but it is what it is. The picks that they got—that was my issue wholeheartedly. Why? It lets you know how much of a steal. The Detroit Lions got for getting rid
1: of Matthew Stafford. Uh, no, I don't I didn't look at it that way, but go ahead.
0: I just look at it as the Lions pulled off one of the best deals for getting back what they got in return and only giving up Stanford. Stafford. I do. That's how I look at it. And for for Carolina to be able to get Sam Darnold and keep Teddy Bridgewater.
1: That's impressive. Well, yeah, it is, but they the the reports are out there that they have told Teddy Bridgewater he could seek a trade um and that also they would be open and okay if he decided to stay and they don't mind keeping him there. So, that's a that that's a good look. You know, Carolina seems like they've learned from the Cam Newton fiasco from last year um how to approach things a little bit differently. You know, you're giving Teddy time to facilitate a trade and i guess now we just look at teddy bridgewater as a as a bridge quarterback now he's a he's in the tyrod taylor boat um as far as you know you got a young up-and-coming quarterback here we'll let teddy tyrod y'all can start until that player develops so um kind of like how uh fitz magic is the same way as well kind of like you know you got your bridge quarterbacks now and it seems as though those guys are
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick is not. I don't put him in in Bridgewater on the same level because of age. Um, well, no, no. I, I I I agree with you. I'm just saying, like age wise, uh, I'm giving Bridgewater more in the tank. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, aka Fitzmagic Magic, aka Fitty Pack, uh, I think he <laughs> is Pack. definitely. I, that's my name for him. I think he <laughs> is definitely one of those good locker room guys. I do, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is too. I do, but. Um, and I want to apologize to the people listening because we didn't even call off what the draft pick was. So the Carolina Panthers traded for Sam Darnold in return. They gave up a 2021 sixth round plus the 2022 uh, second and fourth round. So... Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a steal. That's
0: a steal. <laughs> that's a steal.
1: <laughs> to
0: know what the Lions got in return for Stafford and to see what the... You know what I mean? Like, you're just sitting there looking like, man. So I'm this. I'm trying to figure out how many more moves will be made of this statue. Like how many more teams are willing to give up that and get back and get less in return?
1: You know what I think a lot of it comes, boils down to is, um, unfortunately, you know, the Deshaun Watson situation is that, you know, cause you have a lot of these teams who probably would have traded for Deshaun Watson, or at least made an attempt to get Deshaun Watson, but now everything's up in the air with them. So, you know, teams are, are making making other moves because I think Carolina was interested in Deshaun Watson at some point in time so, so I agree with that and the crazy part about the, the Jets is that they're expected
0: quote unquote to take uh, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson at number two
1: good pick good pick I like Zach that Wilson
0: would, that, would that would be a solid pick it's just
1: you give up Sam Darnold to the Panthers for three draft picks but you know who really makes out good in this deal Sam Darnold does. Sam Darnold makes out great in that deal. You get to go somewhere and make a fresh, have a fresh start. You reunited with Robbie Anderson, who was one of your top receivers while you were there in New York. Um, you and Joe Brady's system. So you know Brady. In case you didn't know, he orca, um, orchestrated the uh, offense for the LSU championship team. He was their offensive coordinator. Joe Burrow's college offensive coordinator. So. Yeah, you 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 have something great in the making. You still got CMC there as your, your primary running back. Hey Sam Darnold ended up in a good spot. He could to resurrect his career a little bit. And in the process, if he plays well, he gonna he gonna make some bank.
0: And the crazy part about this one is the uh Jets GM Joe Douglas said that um the draft picks, the finances were the key factors in making the decision to trade Sam Darnold.
1: I mean it makes sense cuz Darnold is still up under his rookie deal. Right. So, and
0: I and I personally like Sam Darnold.
1: Um I do too. I think he I think he has a a,
0: a great ceiling for potential. Um I think he I think he can elevate. I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to say exactly where he'll be, you know, but I do feel like he can he can be a, a solid quarterback for you. I feel like he can be a, a, a solid starter for you. Uh, moving on, but like I said, if the Panthers decide to just okay, we're going to keep Bridgewater, you're you're making off good. You really you are. are. You're making off good because Teddy Bridgewater knows the system already. He played in it last year. Um, I, I think, and Teddy Bridgewater is a, a true professional when it, he, he comes in there and he
1: does his job. Exactly and everybody, what he does. everybody, like you said, like the same thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everybody loves Teddy Bridgewater. Every yeah, team he's ever played Teddy for, they love Teddy. And he had the Saints rolling. Do you think Teddy probably kicking this off right now that he's like, dang, I probably should have stayed with the with the Saints? No, because I don't think Saints would have gave him the starting spot. You think they were dead set on giving it to Taysom Hill? I do. I think they were
0: dead set on giving it to Taysom Hill. Um.
1: And I think that was a Sean Payton decision more than
0: the a, a GM and, and stuff. I, I think they were dead. I think Sean Payton was dead set on making it work with Taysom Hill because he can do more with Taysom Hill.
1: You could do them same things with Teddy, though.
0: Yes and no. Teddy ain't had the same speed since his injury, so you could do more with Tate, You could do more. You could do some of the same things with Teddy, but I think Taysom Hill is. I, I think Taysom Hill is definitely. Here's the here's the difference. I don't think Taysom Hill is necessarily a true quarterback. So if I had my pick, I would have picked Teddy. But because Taysom Hill can do more as far as catching the ball, you know, putting himself in the in the spot, slot receiver or whatever, lining up for receiver and stuff like that, I think that's that intrigued them. I think that made things fun for them. Um, because they kept Jameis Winston. So I, I think Jameis Winston, just my personal opinion, I think Jameis Winston should be the starter, but I don't know how that situation will play out. I, I don't know if they're going to look at Taysom Hill a, a few games in, and if they don't like what they see, then they bring in Jameis, or if they'll ride it out with um, Taysom Hill. So I just – I think Jameis Winston, for all the criticism he received for throwing as many interceptions, he threw a lot of touchdowns. He threw a lot of touchdown passes. Um, I don't, I don't know the situation, but at the same time, in Bruce Arians system, when he was in when he was with the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger threw a lot of interceptions. Tom That's Brady true. threw a nice amount of interceptions. True, they have a, a throw the ball system that you know it's a lot of give or take situations. Like hey, this is a toss up. But I, I like I said, yeah, he, he threw a lot of interceptions. But uh, James Wilson still is a decent quarterback. I don't I don't have a problem with him. I think he should have been the quarterback um, under center for the Saints starting next year.
1: I, I think that's why they brought him back, you know, to create that true competition element between the two of them, between Taysom Hill and, and Jameis. So we'll see uh, see where the chips lay. But uh, I think Teddy probably would have been the – out the three of them, Teddy probably would have been the best option. Looking back I, at I it
0: agree. now. I mean, I, looking back at it now, yes. I, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree because they were rolling with Teddy being there. They but were. Like I said, with, with Jameis being there and in the locker room loves Jameis. Um, the guys love James Winston, so – but that that's where I was standing at with that. So, um, like I said, man, I, just looking at that Sam Darnold trade, though, for the three draft picks, it just really lets me know the Lions made a great – they won that trade. Oh, right? absolutely. No matter what Stafford and the, and the Rams do, the Lions won that trade. Yeah, they won it. They won it. So, um
1: Props to my before line. we move
0: on, man. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we move on, let me ask you this. Do you see a situation where it will be Matthew Stafford in the in within the division battling Russell Wilson in Seattle next year? Or do you see Russell Wilson parting ways with Seattle before the season gets started?
1: Uh Russ Russ stays this season. I think he'll okay. be there this season. Um next season, maybe, but at least Seattle is now making a concerted effort. It seems as though to uh, bolster that offensive line around uh, Russell Wilson. So he doesn't have to do too much. You know, you got to keep your quarterback upright and safe. So in order to um, win football games, that's a a key component. You don't want your quarterback to take too many hits. Russ is getting older. He's on the other side of 30 now. So, you know, a lot of those hits can be, uh, can start to take their toll. So, yeah, you want to protect them at, at all costs. Um, I hate that, you know, it got to the point where he had to put them out on blast uh, publicly, but uh, you know, I understand why he did it. Um, but at the end of the day, you gotta protect your quarterback. So he is the face of your franchise. You gotta keep him straight. You the one he he's the one making the most money, you paying him the most. Um, so you gotta you gotta take care of your investment. That's really what all it boils down to is uh taking care of your investment.
0: I agree with that, man. And, and, and you couldn't have said it better. Um, I just feel like something has to give. Um, if you Seattle, if you want to keep this man, you have to protect him. Um, that that's that's bottom line. You got to protect Russ. But if you don't want to put the protection in front of him, you have to understand he's gonna be upset about it. He's a great
1: quarterback. He will go
0: down as one of the top quarterback that ever played the game he he's, is a phenomenal quarterback
1: he's one of the top five in the league now so
0: you 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 got to make those decisions you can't be upset when the when the talent starts to speak out about you know wanting to preserve their career wanting to make sure that they're taken care of so I like I said you couldn't have said it better I agree with you um I do feel Russ stays um and besides, Russ year. got
1: Russ can't take all them hits. He he got a, a family to take care of at home and and, and yeah, a, man, and a, a a beautiful wife.
0: That is that is two two things that you got to make sure you good on. So, you know, I, I'm with you on that. Uh Leaving it there at the NFL, man. Moving on, I'm excited. I'm excited to, for this topic. I remember but, when oh, I talked to you. Oh a lot. boy,
1: what you got you excited? What topic is this one? This week,
0: this weekend. Two-night event, WrestleMania 37, taking place in Tampa Bay, Florida. It'll be Saturday and Sunday. Obviously, things are a little different now due to uh, the pandemic and COVID. But WrestleMania's WrestleMania uh, is WrestleMania. It's still WWE's biggest event of the year. Uh, no matter what happens, WrestleMania is always amazing. Um, it's always some interesting people. Two of my favorite pay-per-views. WWE is WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, and the Royal Rumble is because they started uh, doing that. That you never know who who's going to show up in return.
1: Yeah, the Royal um, Rumble. Royal Roy Rumbles out of out of all of them, that's probably my number one. Yeah, Royal Rumble is amazing.
0: Back in the day, it was way way better. Like when when all the top guys was in there and competing and everything. When the Hogan's, the Macho Man's, and you had the Bret Hart's, the Shawn Michaels, and-, mm-hmm. and
1: Stone Cold when 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 Flair went went that full hour in there, that was that was, yeah, Flair was that amazing. was it. That Flair was, was amazing. amazing. So,
0: in honor of it being WrestleMania week, uh, mm-hmm. Keenan, yes, sir, I'm gonna start with you. What is your top WrestleMania moment, and what is your all time favorite WrestleMania moment? Uh you can go on either order, it doesn't matter which way you go.
1: One of one of the top moments, even though the, the WrestleMania that I mentioned, it gets panned. Um I enjoy WrestleMania 2000 in spurts. Uh the it wasn't the TLC match, it was a it was a ladder match, but it was a three way tag match between the Dudley boys. Edge and Christian and the Hardy boys for the, uh, tag team titles. And, uh, matter of fact, my brother and I was watching that last night and, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was just awesome to see the Hardy boys and the Dudley boys and Edge and Christian go at it.
0: Not to interrupt you. Was that the
1: infamous, uh, Edge spearing Hardy off the ladder? I believe, ah, boy, I believe. No, I think that was like the, um, the next time that they all got together and had the match. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um yeah, that was that was a that was amazing. Uh also on that matchup, on that match you had the uh what was that? The the two best two out of three counts for the I think it was the European and the Intercontinental Championship. So you had Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho. They was going at it. And if you're a, a fan of technical wrestling, that would probably be right up your alley because those guys are, uh, you know, the late Chris Benoit, you know, it's unfortunate what happened. But, you know, as far as like wrestling on a technical style, he had it in aces. And the same thing could be said of Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho when he was in his prime, when he was younger and in his prime. Just an outstanding match. And then for the main event, you had the uh, the elimination Match So you had The Rock, Triple H, Mick Foley, a.k.a. MadKind, a.k.a. Dude Love, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, but it was Mick Foley in this match, and the Big Show. So you had the four of them going at it. Um, Big Show got eliminated first. Big Show was uh, out being supported by Shane McMahon. So all, this is when the McMahon family was at odds with one another. So Shane McMahon was with Big Show. Vince was with The Rock. Stephanie, of course, was with her husband, Triple H. You know, and uh, Linda McMahon was with Mick Foley. Uh, So Big Show got rock bottom. He's out of there. Mick Foley got eliminated next. I think he got pedigreed, if I'm not mistaken, on the chair. Say, So he was out next. So then it just came down to The Rock and Triple H. And as we know, the rock and triple H have have always had outstanding matches with one another. Um, but that was amazing. Shane came came down. Vince in typical big time heel, Vince McMahon. Even though he was team rock going into it, he smacks the rock with a chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Triple H retains the WWF heavyweight title. So that was that was a lot of fun watching that, but um, as far as my favorite all time, and I'm gonna be biased because I was there. It's got to be WrestleMania three at the Pontiac Silverdome. I was there as a youngin', you know, and that was the first time. Kind of like the yeah, it was the first time. First time Andre the Giant had got slammed and ended up off his feet. So uh, Hulk Hogan slam Andre the Giant. That place just went absolutely. Bananas. I remember that as a kid. That's, that's, it's certain things in your childhood you'll never forget. But being there in that atmosphere, seeing that take place, that was amazing. And then one of the probably three greatest matches of all time was the Intercontinental Championship um, match between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and uh, Randy Savage, macho man. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> And, and and the way they choreographed that uh, match was outstanding. And if you ever get a chance to nowadays go back look at that match, they and I heard they worked on that match for months ahead of time, till so they got everything down right. So it was it was a flawless match. One of the better, ma- one of the best wrestling matches of all time is Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Macho Man from WrestleMania three. So that's a what I remember, what stands out to me, WrestleMania 3, that's my one right there. So you
0: named some some great, great uh, matches, and you named some great WrestleMania moments, and I love them all, um, and I want to correct myself, because I'm still suffering from some unfortunate hangover from the Super Bowl, because I said that this year's WrestleMania will be at Tampa Bay, Florida. It's in Tampa, Florida. Uh,
1: <laughs> Look at in Tom, Tampa, Florida. Tom Brady's
0: on your bye yeah 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 raymond james stadium um so i'll start with my favorite moments from wrestlemania um my first favorite moment has to be actually wrestlemania 26 and that was undertaker versus Shawn michaels
1: aha was that the um the infamous uh that was the uh retirement match or something yeah, like that
0: career match or something mm-hmm.
1: whatever
0: that match was amazing
1: yeah wasn't that the last time that uh undertaker and Shawn michaels fight each other yeah yeah, yeah.
0: that match was amazing that um was. Shawn michaels proved that he was mr Wrestle- mr wrestlemania um once again he proved he was still the showstopper um That match was incredible. They both, from both of them, they both gave their all. Um, So many moments where you just knew Shawn Michaels was going to um, lose. I mean, was going to win. He hit him with some sweet chin music a few times. Undertaker Undertaker just kept getting up. And then I can't remember what he was going for, but I knew when Shawn Michaels went off the top rope and Undertaker caught him, he was doing a, 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 a moonsault. And Undertaker called a mid moonsault and Tombstone. And I was just like, holy crap. Second favorite WrestleMania moment. Ah, uh, I don't remember which WrestleMania it was. It had to have been WrestleMania because Shawn Michaels was WrestleMania and the Undertaker was 26. So it might have been 28, I think it was, WrestleMania. 28 to 27. Mm-hmm. So don't quote me on that, but Triple H versus The Undertaker. Mm. The first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible match. Just an incredible match. I thought Triple H, um, I really thought at that time he was going to end the streak. Um, Triple H hit Undertaker with a tombstone. Everything that he did, um, Undertaker wouldn't stay down. And then ultimately Undertaker got Triple H to tap with the submission move. I just don't remember. I hate, I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head which WrestleMania that was. But they were wa- they weren't the main event. I know that. Um, but it was an incredible match. It really was. Undertaker has had some unbelievable WrestleMania matches. Um, but I want to say it was WrestleMania 28. Um, that, that took place. Now, oh. And then, let me see. It was one more moment I had. Uh, WrestleMania 19. It was a big build-up, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. Um, two true wrestlers. Uh, that was a great match. Kurt Angle, I don't remember the actual WrestleMania that it happened, but Kurt Angle also had another impressive WrestleMania against Eddie Guerrero, which was one of the great matches. That was a very good match uh, against Eddie Guerrero, but Kurt Angle-Brock Lesnar was a great match. Um WrestleMania uh 19 I thought that was pretty good. All-time favorite moment for me WrestleMania 12. WrestleMania 12 was my all-time favorite moment it's because that's when the HBK Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels won his first world title beating Bret Hart in a 60 man in 60 minute Iron Man match. I know Bret Hart well, I mean, at the time, they didn't know what the Iron Man match was, so they went, you know what I mean, They were, I think they were tied at the end, and then Gorilla Monsoon comes out and said, there has to be a winner, and Bret Hart, like, you gotta be kidding me, I won the match, he's like, no, because it's tied, it has to be a winner, you gotta go back, Shawn Michaels was ready, Bret Hart, go back in there, and start beating Shawn Michaels, I remember him pulling in the trunks and beating on his back, because Shawn Michaels had a, a lower back issue, and then, um, Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Shawn Michaels hit him with the sweet chin music and loses, Bret Hart loses the title. Shawn Michaels then ultimately begins the reign of Shawn Michaels, which was an impressive run. It really was. Um, That's my all-time favorite WrestleMania moment. It's 1996, WrestleMania
1: 12. And that was before the Montreal Screwjob, correct? Yeah,
0: uh, Montreal Screwjob was 97.
1: 97, next year. And that was was Survivor
0: Series when they did that
1: so and, oh and you you mentioned uh triple h and undertaker 27
0: it was 27 okay i thought it 27 was so wrestlemania 27 yes that was an unbelievable match the first one the second one was good too when Shawn michael's was a special guest but that first the end of an era match but that first one nothing compares to that um and then you had some questionable moments uh that i never liked uh Roman Reigns beating The Undertaker. <laughs> uh, Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker.
1: Hey, um, the the uh, Brock Lesnar one, isn't that the one when my man, <laughs> the meme yeah, of the uh, black yeah, dude, yeah, he yeah, couldn't yeah, believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, His eyes fucking, he was a <laughs> complete shock. Yes, that was it.
1: So um, those
0: were some questionable moments. But like I said, nonetheless, WrestleMania is always fun. I just wanted to make sure that we touched on our favorite WrestleMania moments, man.
1: Yeah, hopefully um, this WrestleMania can compete with some of those older ones, you know. But we'll we shall see. Oh, I got an underrated WrestleMania. What's that? One WrestleMania? No, <laughs> last year. Last year was I did watch some of that. Last, last year, year was bad, but, but
0: specifically Undertaker versus AJ Styles in that Boneyard match. Mm. That was a very good match. If you have not seen that, that was it was like a theatrical style the way they set it up. So. If you haven't seen that, I, I definitely feel I encourage you to watch that. But that was that
1: was really good. Um and that was Undertaker's but, final match too, right?
0: Yeah, that was Undertaker's final match. Yeah, he
1: re- he retired so, afterwards. Yeah, I
0: no he didn't, well, he retired like the next. That wasn't that was, was it yeah, the next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was sorry, around right, that same that a, time. Yeah, that was a nope, you're right. That was the last match. Yeah, that was the
1: last match. Shout out to so, me, Mark Callis, too.
0: Yeah, man. He he definitely is one of the true legends. Um, he was the backbone of WWE, WWF for the longest. Um, for him to sustain that longevity of a career. And, and I know he, you know, didn't feel like, I mean, we saw some slippage as he got older. He couldn't do the same thing. But when he was on top, oh, Undertaker was, was uh, none. nobody could compare to him because of his size, his agility. Nobody could compare to the Undertaker. Yeah.
1: And also, shout out to Kane. Uh, Mayor Kane, yes. yes, for getting in the Hall of Fame as well as uh, my boy Rob Van Dam. The whole bleeping show, Rob Van Dam. Shout out to them too for getting into the WWE Hall of Fame.
0: Rob Van Dam is um is definitely an underrated. Shout out to Rob Van Dam. Shout out to Mayor Kane, but Rob Van Dam is definitely an underrated. He is one of the performers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, him yeah. Uh, going back to ECW against Sabu. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness, Rob <laughs> Van Dam was a cut above the rest when it comes to putting on a show.
1: You know what I would have loved to see What's in their primes, Shawn Michaels and Rob Van Dam go oh, against each other. That yes. would have been yes. <laughs> Shawn Michaels and Rob Van Dam
0: going against. I would have loved. This is a weird match that I just wanted to see. I wanted to see Billy Kitman in his prime. You remember Billy Kidman?
1: Do I remember? Billy Kidman has the best shooting star press. Shooting star of press all there ever time. was.
0: I wanted to see Billy Kidman and Jeff Hardy.
1: Mm, that would have been a great match. I wanted That'd to see, and
0: and I used to complain about Jeff Hardy getting that push. But looking back on Jeff Hardy's career, he deserved it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Jeff he Hardy did. deserved the, the the championship push. Um, I know a lot of guys didn't like it because he was small, but Jeff Hardy deserved the championship push. I wish um, Billy Kidman would have got more of a push as well. Yeah, he 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 faded once once the, the the WWF took over WCW, the invasion, all that. He he fizzled out. But um, I Billy really, Billy Kidman had wrestled in them jeans and that undershirt with the knee <laughs> pads, the elbow pads,
1: the seven year itch when he was with yeah. the flock,
0: <laughs> and and just the unbelievable shooting star press, the thing of beauty. So I, I I had to touch on WrestleMania, man. I knew that was a topic we both were excited about. So leaving it there with wrestling, picking it up, capping it off. This is the time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is where Keenan takes over. I just sit back, I listen. There's a great boxing match this weekend. Jaron Boots Ennis taking on Sergey Lipinets. It is going to be a very, very, very entertaining fight. Um, but if you've never heard the show, if you've never heard Keenan, if you're not familiar with Keenan, Keenan is one of the biggest boxing fans that I've ever met in my life. Keenan has a picture of himself and Burt Sugar standing there, and they were looking at a boxing encyclopedia, and they were talking about some of the greatest matches, uh, the greatest boxing fights that has ever taken place. Keenan also sent me a text message of a picture of jack dempsey when he was born i was like Keenan, how did you get that and he said man you know you got your sources then he also told me the exact moment erroneous joe lewis <laughs> this is yeah, all erroneous <laughs> he told me the exact moment that joe lewis cut his birthday cake on his 25th birthday i was like Keenan, how'd you know that he told me the exact place frank sinatra put joe lewis up when joe lewis fell on hard times and frank sinatra took him over and made sure that he was good. He told me what Muhammad Ali said to Boondini Brown right before the George Foreman fight. This was in the locker room. Nobody knew about it. because No cameras was allowed. Then he also told me what Mike Tyson and Roy Jones had to eat over this last exhibition that they had over the past year before they went in and did battle with each other, which was still an entertaining fight. So if you've never heard Keenan talk about boxing, you are in for a treat. He is a huge boxing fan. This is what he loves to do. Keenan, take it away, my man.
1: First off, people don't listen to Stephen. He's, he's telling tales. Those that was all funny though. That was hilarious. <laughs> Jack Dempsey's birth picture. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or as my friend calling me old. I, you know, I just I, I really just got to figure that out.
0: No, and it's you, a it's a compliment because <laughs> it shows your his you're a historian of boxing. So you dig through the archives and you find these things out when you, you just says it's okay you sent me the picture i'm like why are you sending me a picture who's this he says oh, it's jack man. dempsey i was like how you know this jack dempsey He said, look at the signature i said jack dempsey signed his own signature he said no nah. he said jake LaMotta was there i said what was said they the same what are you talking about but nevertheless keenan take it away
1: you 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 making me sound like the the barbers and coming to america right now you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh man all right like steve said this weekend we got a couple great fights coming up um Few, several entertaining fights actually. Uh first on uh, I'ma start before I get into the main fight. I'm gonna start across the pond. We got Connor Ben coming. Uh in case you don't know, that's Nigel Ben's son. He's an up-and-comer. Prospect worth checking out. He's got a lot of potential. Check him out. Um, I think they're fighting on the zone, if I'm not mistaken. And I wanna say that fight is Saturday as well, probably earlier in the morning early during the day um by being over there in britain uh also on that card we have a uh a twitter favorite which is uh Ebaney, the blind bomber bridges going up against uh shannon courtney uh for one of the women's uh championships so that should be entertaining as well if you're into um checking out the ladies ladies need your support go ahead and check them out in the boxing ring because they um they do put on good good shows as well also coming up this weekend we are going to have a um a fight between Maxime Vlassoff and joe smith and i believe that's for the wbo light heavyweight championship if i'm not mistaken uh, that will be on ESPN2, and that is going to be a good fight. Um, if you've never seen Joe Smith fight, if you remember the last time Bernard Hopkins fight fought, he basically retired B-Hop, knocked him out the ring, um, and that was the last fight of the great Bernard Hopkins. So this guy, Joe Smith, American guy, taking on Maxine blastoff The fight was supposed to take place a while ago but vlasov came down with covid and the fight had to get canceled and postponed i think a couple times so now they're actually going to fight it's going to take place at oklahoma this saturday afternoon so if you're not busy you know definitely check that out uh but the main fight this weekend is going to be jaron boots ennis he's going to take on sergey lipping On Showtime, if you've never seen Boots in this fight, I want you to close your eyes and think about watching somebody that's like an athletic marvel. Um, All reports is like he's a beast in the gym. He doesn't take any shorts, any days off. He goes hard. He gives it his all. But close your eyes. Imagine the most athletic fighter you've ever seen, the most athletic fighter of all time. This guy has that potential. So when you watch him fight, he kind of reminds you. And I know Steve might uh, have a heart attack when I mention this, but he kind of puts you in the same vein and reminds you of Roy Jones Jr. a little bit. He is that athletic and he's got the skills to pay the bills. The young man is eventually going to be a welterweight champion. Definitely. He's going to be a champion. Mark my words. If he... If he doesn't become a champion at some point in time, bring it back to me on this show. Rewind this segment and say, Keenan, you was wrong. Remind me every time you see me, just, hey, bro, you was you was wrong on that. He didn't win the championship. Trust me. This guy is the real deal. Young guy. It's, it's almost time for him to um, start fighting for um, a title. Uh, Living Yes does present uh, his stiffest challenge up to, to this date. Living Yes has fought um, I think he fought Mikey Garcia. Fought him well, but that was down at 140. Uh Living Yes also fought, ah, what's my man's name? From DC. He just retired not that long ago. And uh man. uh Lamont Peter. Lamont Peterson. Yep, he fought Peterson uh, a couple years ago, and that was like a fight of the year candidate. And I think that was uh Peterson's fat last fight of his career as well. So, um, yeah, living yes is is legit. He's been a world titleist before, down at the one forty weight class, um, and is always a contender at one forty seven. So, say he presents a stiff challenge for uh, Boots Ennis, but Boots is hey, trust me, y'all. Uh, Boots is legit. He's legitimate. So. If you get a chance, check them out uh, this Saturday night on Showtime. You won't be disappointed. What I tell you? What I tell you?
0: What I tell you? I, I told y'all he loves boxing. He knows boxing. This is what he does. This is what he eats, sleeps, and breathes. He is just a huge fan of boxing. Now, I want to take it back just quick second. So like we're not going to hop on it long, but I'm not necessarily – I'm not shocked that you use the Roy Jones comparison with Ennis, um, because the style that he fights is of a Roy Jones caliber fighter. Roy, I mean, there is no Roy Jones caliber fighter; it's just Roy Jones. But yeah, um, yeah. I'll give him no disrespect to him, and I know you might say, "Well, Roy Jones' competition wasn't the best at times," but sometimes his competition was legit. He just made it look bad, but. I'll give Ennis that comparison depending on how he uh, fights Lippinitz this weekend. Okay, that's fair. Because Lippinitz poses a tough opponent for him. He is a tough opponent. Um, if he can still do that, you know, style against Lippinitz, because Roy Jones never changed. No. Roy Jones is Roy Jones. That was the problem. Yeah, Roy Jones never changed. You couldn't pay Roy Jones to throw a jab. Uh, Roy Jones never changed. Roy Roy Jones was definitely Captain Hook. Uh, Captain Hook. You 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 couldn't pay that man to throw a jab, but he was still he's still one of the greatest to ever do it. But uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not saying no about the Ennis Roy Jones comparison, but I'm just saying I want to see how he if he I know how Ennis fights. If he can put that type of performance on against yet then I think you know I actually think shoot a title shot should be next for him.
1: It's going to be fun down the road, um, but I know that's a fight we probably won't get for years, but to see him and Virgil Ortiz go against each other, you know, that would you know be two two young guns at, at the welterweight, you know, that unfortunately we're we not getting the welterweight fight we want between Crawford and Spence, but if we were able to get, you know, I, I know it's going to take once uh, Ortiz and Ennis gets championships to possibly make that fight happen, but hey, that that will be a great fight. Great, great fight. I'm looking forward to that one down the line. I agree. I think it'll
0: be a great fight. And you know, hopefully um, that fight does happen and we can talk about it on the show before and after. Um, and like I said, once again, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Keenan, appreciate you for holding it down last week, man. Y'all did a great job. Like I said, no monk, no one man stops this show. The train keeps rolling. If you want to hear more, if you want to see more, you can check us out, underscore TV Sports on Instagram and Twitter, Tunnel Vision Sports on Facebook and LinkedIn, or underscore TV Sports at TikTok. Uh, You got the website, www.tvsportsmag.com, that's tvsportsmag.com. You also are listening to the Tunnel Vision Sports radio show, you can catch this and every other episode on Spotify, on Google, on uh, Breaker. It's on the website as well. Uh, we're working on making sure we get on all platforms. But as of right now, like I said, we are on Spotify. You can definitely check us out. We're on Google Podcasts. You could check us out. So this is Tunnel Vision Sports. This is the Tunnel Vision Sports radio show, better known as the TV sports radio show. We appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. We out.
1: We out of here.